Welcome to Glitch Cube. We're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week on another fun adventure through the world of video games. Oh, boy. And there's been a lot of great announcements recently. And to celebrate that, today we're going to be talking about some games that have stood out to us and which ones we are really excited to check out and maybe some that you haven't heard of just yet. Um, to caveat that, we are picking game or we have generally grabbed some games that are coming out pretty soon-ish, if not within a week, right? Uh, just to make it so that the hype isn't long-lasting, right? So they're a little bit closer together. There might be one or two that are a little further out, but they just look so damn good we couldn't pass them up just yet, right? Um, but before we jump into that, we'd like to start off all of our episodes with some joyous plugs out there, and the joyous plugs are whatever we're excited about this week. So what do you have for us, Chris? Oh, man, where do I start? <laughs> um, just uh, playing through Legend of Dragoon, loving it. Nice, nice. Um, really, really enjoying it. I don't know. I, I feel like I've been needing kind of like a more adult RPG that's more, I don't know, less kiddie, I guess you could say. Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of RPGs nowadays are more, when they have the anime style, a lot of them more go towards a, I don't want to say friendly, but it's just, you know, dating sim, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And just going back to the basics with this, it just, it feels good. Like, I'm loving it. The, pressing a button every time like at first i was getting annoyed by it because i'm like dude like i just want to make the battles go by faster right but it's it keeps me engaged like i don't feel distracted which is something that's kind of common for me in rpgs that are turn-based but i've been really liking that uh, i've been playing on my switch when i'm not on my computer mm -hmm. and i've been really having a lot of fun with that there's when I got the Switch, I played it for a little bit for Breath of the Wild, and then I kind of stopped. Mm -hmm. And I bought games for it, just never played them. And recently, I've just been on a kick. Like, it's nice having a handheld uh, way to play games and just stay busy. Yeah. And I, because of it, I, well, not because of it, but since I enjoy handheld gaming, I ended up reserving that stream or Steam Deck, which I'm oh, really? kind of... Yeah, I ended up uh, doing a reservation for it, but we'll see. I mean, if I end up not wanting it, you can still cancel it and get the $5 back. So I'm like, why not? It's, to me, I have a big Steam library, so I'm like, oh, this would be cool to play it, like, away from my computer. But I'm also thinking about the other things you can do with it, you know, mm -hmm. like being able to put, like, RetroArch on there or something, and then I can just play, like, my, that library in another room or somewhere more comfortable. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of where I'm thinking about it. I don't think it's going to be a switch killer because it's not like, it's not targeting that group. No. You know, people that love the switch are going to stay with the switch because Nintendo and everyone keeps saying, Oh, it's going to make the switch obsolete, but it, it's not like, that's not the goal. If anything, it's just going to be like pulling people in who want to play games, but, either don't have a powerful PC or they just want to play more AAA games on the go since a lot of games don't get put on the Switch. So mm -hmm. I think it's going to be more, uh, what's the word? 
where it like it's going to complement the mm-hmm. switch in my opinion but uh yeah i think it's going to be like a switch enhancer honestly cuz it so to kind of like go off of that some more the fact that it's it's building off of what the switch already has in place right and yeah. in my opinion the switch console is like perfect it's amazing it runs your games great it's super convenient and if you really want that you know access to playing it on a television or you know like you have that ability to do so and what's great about the steam deck is it's mimicking exactly that so it's just literally a switch clone but what i think it's going to do it's going to bring more people into gaming right like for me Mm -hmm. i really want to play a lot of these games on the switch but unfortunately i don't have a gaming pc to do that i mean on steam but i don't have a gaming pc to do that right and the Steam Deck is just, I'm immediately drawn to it based off the form figure of it because I love the Switch so much. And it would give me that ability to play these games even though I don't have a PC to play them on, right? And mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, I love that. I love the idea of being able to take my games on the go. I can chill on the couch and play them really casually. Like, it just, everything about it is so enticing. And I definitely, I think I might reserve one as well because. It just seems so smart and it would be great to have another system like that. And I really feel like the Switch and the Steam Deck are going to start like um, kind of steering the console wars into a different direction where handheld is going to be kind of more of a focus. And what's interesting about that is we're starting to kind of see that more now as well with like the Xbox Game Pass too. Mm-hmm. Like handheld is kind of taking over and the ability to stream your games from even an iPhone or an iPad is amazing to me. Like last night I was telling you that I was playing Dragon Quest Eleven on my iPhone, which is nuts. And hmm. I didn't even need a controller. It has touchscreen set up for it already. So it's already integrated. And there are a bunch of games that have touchscreen integrated into it. And it doesn't get in the way of the game at all. And I was streaming it over uh, Wi-Fi at first, and then I turned off the Wi-Fi to test it out because I have unlimited data on my phone. And it ran smoothly both ways. Like, it just was really, really clean, clear. I was playing Resident Evil 7 on there. And for $15 a month to be able to play some of these amazing titles, if you missed out on them, like, this is a perfect way to check it out. And they're just going to keep adding more and more amazing games to the game pass that it's just going to make it so much more worth it in the long run. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I've been subscribed since the day it came out. And even though I'm more of a, a physical person, like I love collecting, it is nice having that option. Like, Oh, here's just some extra games I can play if I want. Like it's, it's nice having these options now. I love it. Yeah. And I gotta say too, for the game pass that, it's not just older games that are on there as well. Like Chris Tales just came out um, as of recording this. It came out yesterday and it's on Game Pass right now. So if you are subscribed to Game Pass, you can check it out. You can play it there. Um, if you don't want to play it on your phone or something like that, you can actually play it through your browser. It just works through your browser right there on your computer, wherever you're sitting. You can just check these games out and they stream pretty quickly, too, which is kind of amazing. So, yeah, it's it's so insane to see where we're going and I'm all for cloud gaming right now after my experience with it. Have you had uh do you, well, do you have any experiences this week or any plugs or anything you're happy about? I feel like I kind of just went, 
kind of just did I it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my big thing is the Switch, man. Like, I'm falling back in love with gaming through the Switch right now. And I've always really enjoyed my time with it. But similarly to you, I bought the Switch for Breath of the Wild. I played it. I enjoyed it. It was really fun. And then I kind of stopped for a little bit. And then now I picked it back up recently because uh, I bought a couple new games just to test out. And now I'm just all for it. Like, I just want to keep playing the Switch. And what's funny is, so there's a little game out there. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called Stardew Valley. It's pretty cool. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's an older game now, right? It has so many different ports. It's on almost every system. And it's one of those games that I've always wanted to get into more. And I own a couple different versions of it, actually. And I just, I would put a couple hours in and then just kind of be over it and whatever. And then uh, a couple days ago, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to give it one last, one last go around, one last hoorah. So I bought it on the Switch and I'm actually really, really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying my time with the game now where from the moment it started, I was, I felt like I was just in it. When before I would play this game, it felt like I, like I was dragging my ass through this game, like forcing mm. myself to play it. But now I'm actually really enjoying the experience. And I have to, you know, give all my praise to the Switch for that. It's making me actually enjoy this title. And I think I think I got to say it, but like the Switch is my favorite console of all time right now. It just fits so perfectly with the way I play games right now, with my time constraints, everything like that. It's just a fantastic system through and through. I agree. It's like I love my PlayStation, like not looking at the old stuff, but like what we have right now. It's, you know, the PS5 is cool, but there's not a whole lot of games for it. Yeah. So the Switch is just it's it's perfect. Like it it took place over like the PlayStation for me. Like I'm really I'm spending all my time on it. It's nice. Yeah. Nintendo just needs to actually, you know, bring some of their older games to the Switch, you know, with their online library and that'd be great. Bring some 3DS games on there. Like it'd be cool, you know. That'd be great. And yeah, I think that's a big thing too, is like this next generation of consoles that the PS5 and Xbox, they're amazing. Like the systems are beautiful, but there's not a lot to play on them. As far as like exclusives and things like that, um, I think PS5 has what like three exclusives right now. Pretty, it feels like it. I mean, everything is playable on the PS4. I mean, they all have altered versions of it, so it's like yeah, like technically they have what Demon Souls, uh, Returnal, and Ratchet and Ratchet and Clank. Pretty much, yeah. That's really it. And Demon Souls is a remake, so I don't know if I would really count that. Yeah, it's just. It, it's kind of sad to think about, but I mean, it also, also due to, you know, like our climate and times right now, it does make it tough. I get it. There's a shortage on chips and all that, and it's probably making it really hard to get stuff out there. And maybe that's even why the, you know, we didn't get like a Switch Pro. We got the OLED Switch is because they didn't have the supplies necessary and they wanted to put out something new. So they probably ran with what they had. That's what I would imagine. But it's, it's kind of a shame because I really want to get into those systems, but like I feel like taking up the TV and doing all that, like whenever you're like I'm in a relationship, so that's really hard to do that. 
And it's hard to like dedicate time to like just sit down and play these games. Whereas with the Switch, I can play for like 30 minutes and then just, you know, put it in sleep mode. I'm good. Put it back on a charging dock. Come back to it whenever I have time and it's just up and ready to go. So, yeah, it's it's different, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hopefully in the future we get some more uh, games to kind of justify owning the PS5 and the Xbox. But as of right now, for me, I'm willing. I'm okay with just waiting. Yeah, that's the smart thing to do. Speaking on uh, some excitement in games and seeing what's coming out in the future, uh, do you want to kickstart this episode with one of your games that you are super jazzed about? Yeah, I mean, jumping off of the Switch, I think a game that, you know, it. I wasn't really thinking about this game as like being excited for it, but then as the days have gone on, I'm like, man, I've really been wanting to play a game like it, but the the new Super Monkey Ball has come out, Banana Mania. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Uh, I was always a fan of Monkey Ball back on the GameCube. It was like one of those weird feel-good games for me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get the one that came out not too long ago, but I heard so many people talking bad about it. And I'm like, eh, I'll just, I'll wait for them to do something different. And then, you know, they announced this in the direct last time. And I am kind of excited for it. I kind of want to like really play it. It comes out in October, which I know October, there's, I think, quite a few Nintendo games coming out. Because I know, I think WarioWare comes out around that time too which looks so much fun that looks good oh yeah yeah and then the new mario party which is just the old game old boards thrown in it which i'm gonna be a sucker and buy it because i love the old ones and i hated the super mario party that just came out yeah it's not that great (laughs) uh but yeah i mean it it just looks like one of those like kind of games that you just want to play a little bit and just tune out which Honestly, at times, are the best kind of games. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to have something a little bit more lighthearted right now. Like, we have so many games that are just so hardcore and just, like, the the whole, like, Souls genre of games kind of taking over. It's, gosh, like, if you just want, like, a casual experience, it's almost, it's really hard to find a game that will just give you that, where you can kind of just goof around and just, you know, play a game and just for enjoyment. And I feel like that's kind of where, like, Games like Fall Guys and stuff like that have really grabbed such a wide audience because there's there's like a hunger for that. Like for so long, we were making so many clones of these Souls games and just how much harder can we make them or, you know, these roguelites that were really difficult to grasp onto that more casual players weren't, you know, jumping on the bandwagon for them. But having a game like Super Monkey Ball is so nice to just chill out and just enjoy a goofy experience. Right. Like it's just I think it's going to it's coming at a, a good time, I think. Yeah. Oh, that was the game. So four days later, Metroid Dread comes out too. Oof. that like span of three weeks. Oh, my wallet's going to cry. <laughs> but you got to You got to enjoy them. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited for dude. this year just has a lot of good games coming out. But um, what's your first choice? So to continue on that Switch bandwagon real quick quick so there's a game that's actually coming out on the 29th um and looking at the calendar real quick uh that is actually going to be coming out about three days after this episode comes out so um 
pretty much next week, uh, we are going to be seeing Fuga Melodies of Steel come out. Now, if you haven't heard of this game, it's kind of a weird one to explain, I think, right? It's uh, like it's uh, set in war times, right? So you're a bunch of kids that are grouped together because their villages have been destroyed during this crazy big great war. And you're just trying to kind of survive, right? And it's it's a very, I guess, serious, like, dark story being told. But the way that it's visually depicted to you is very, I guess, I would say, like, Studio Ghibli meets, like, Beastars, almost. Because mm. everyone is just these cute little, like, fox-looking creatures. Um, but the way that the tank looks, it looks just like Howl's Moving Castle, but on treads. Um, the battle system is really interesting looking. Uh, it's turn-based combat where every single one of the kids that are in there are controlling a different turret. Uh, and you can kind of upgrade your turret as you're going along, just kind of trying to make it so that you guys can survive through this war. Now, aside from that, like the basic turn-based combat and everything like that, the way you traverse the world is it's kind of like a, like a spidering path. Right. So it reminds me of like roguelike maps where there's different branches within the areas. So you can say like, OK, we're going to go explore this way because uh, three three spots down the road, we're going to be able to, you know, collect some resources that might be necessary. But each choice that you make is going to leave off other ones that you could have made. Right. Which there is like a relationship um, side of this game in there. So you can build up relationships with the people on your actual little tank, um, make every, or build up friendships, all that fun stuff. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like it's going to unlock different abilities or um, just maybe it might make certain people better at collecting loot from the exploration sites and all that fun stuff. So you want to actually like talk to everybody and explore your tank and the way you traverse through it it's really really cool like it's just like a 2d scrolling thing and you're traversing through the different levels but i don't know i'm really excited for this game i think it's going to be something different something a little bit more oh, interesting shit. what's that so this game that you're talking about fuga it's made by the same people that did tale of concerto and solo Turobo. Yeah. And I guess this is the third game in that uh, series, okay. which anybody anybody out there that likes like that series, like I guess this is like the third part of the trilogy or something like that. But it's it's made oh, by the cool. same people, so I guess it's probably gonna be like a spiritual yeah, sequel that's to awesome. them. Yeah, that's why when you show me the site and I saw the characters, yeah, I'm like, I'm really, this looks really, I'm familiar. really excited for it. I think it's gonna be oh. a really really fun game to play. And once again, it's on the Switch, so it's going to be really nice to be able to kind of like take it with you and just enjoy this game. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's out to everything, every system. Mm -hmm. It's going to be on Switch, Steam, PS5, PS4, and Xbox, and I guess even on the Epic Store, which is kind of crazy. So it's going to be everywhere for you guys to check out. So pick a console that you enjoy and pick up this game. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's going to be 29th, so I'm excited to see what else comes from it. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited now for it. Yeah, the art style is great too. Like it really does remind me of the way like um Miyazaki portrayed people in war. Right? Like it just has that kind of like old timey feel mm -hmm. to it where it just I don't know, everything about it just looks really, really great. So fun. So is another game that you are super jazzed about, right? 
So for my next game, uh, it's actually been a game I've been following for <clears throat> a while. I think maybe a year. Maybe it's been that long. Maybe it's been longer. Mm. But uh, it's called Death Trash. Oh, yeah. And it's the early access is coming to Steam on August 5th. But it's coming to all the consoles, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox uh, in 2022. And basically, it's a like post-apocalyptic world where it's just a lot of flesh everywhere. Like, <laughs> mounds of like bloody flesh are just around the world. And you're kicked out of this kind of like society and because you're infected. So you're roaming the wasteland at this point. And it's a... I don't know if you call it an action RPG, but it, it kind of reminds me of like Hyperlight Drifter a little mm-hmm. bit and the combat style. And it's actually really cool. Like the demo actually has quite a bit in it. And you're able to like, you know, level up. You have your skills. You have like dialogue choices. So you can kind of change the outcome of things. And, I mean, the art style looks cool. It's very dark, gritty. It really captures that kind of decaying planet feel to it. And I I loved my time with that demo. Uh, recently, we went through a bunch of demos for Next Fest, which we wrote down on our blog. Yeah. And this was probably my favorite out of the ones I played. And it's... I'm excited for it. Like, I feel like because I've been watching like the developer post stuff on Twitter and stuff for the past couple months, and it's cool seeing the game like evolve to what it is now. And I mean, the only thing that I found kind of annoying with it at first was, you know, using melee because mm-hmm. I kept taking hits and almost dying. But then once you learn how to roll away from it, it's it's not that hard. And I think this is. I think when it comes out and it's actually fully released, I could see it being like maybe a top indie game for when it comes out. I mean, obviously we don't know what big games come out next mm-hmm. year, but I think it has the potential to be up there with maybe the greats. So yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I played the demo too and it looks really interesting. I'm curious though, what you, how you feel about early access games. Cause I feel like early access can it's it's good, but at the same time, it could be pretty negative in its own outright. Where it's like it's allowing some companies to just put games out really, really like too soon. I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're just trying to grab as much money as they can and then kind of bail out and not really, you know, live up to what they claimed that they were going to be doing. Um, but I don't know. Like, uh, what what do you feel about early access? So as someone who like lived on Steam back when they had the green light system or the green light like voting thing for games to get put on Steam and when that whole early access tab kind of appeared I always was trained to not really trust early access cuz like you said most of the time people will put up a game that's barely even a demo or is so rough that you can't really play it Nowadays, when I see early access, I I do a little research. I look at the team. I look how maybe talkative they are on like Twitter or like social media. And I look at their community tab, like on Steam, 
to see like are they actually working on problems in this early access build Mm -hmm. because a lot of those games that launch early access and have issues you go to the community thing it's just people complaining you don't see a developer talking to the people you don't see any active like hot fix messages it's just there and then boom like a year later they're like oh here's here's a more complete version of the game and you're lucky if it actually is complete so i mean have i been burned from buying like early access games before yes but i think learning from that i've been able to kind of like pick up if it will be Mm -hmm. good i mean obviously you can never really predict it but it's if you enjoy the type of game that it is and it seems like the team is actually working on stuff, then I think, I think early access is cool. I mean, speaking of death trash, it's, I was looking when the demo for next fest was out, he was updating the demo on players feedback, like constantly, which I mean, that's crazy that someone's updating a demo. Yeah. And if they're willing to fix the demo, I mean, I think the early access will be pretty good. You know, yeah, nowadays I'm like, well, I'll just play when it's complete because I want the full package. Mm -hmm. So if you're really hungry for that, a certain game that's early access, I would say give it a try if it has an active team. Mm -hmm. But nowadays I have so many games. I'm like, I'll just wait till it's finished. Yeah. I'm wondering if like it, it kind of hurts companies as well with, you know, allowing people to play these games early on and like how many people continue playing it once it comes out, like in a year or two, right? Like how many times I'm wondering, has it happened where someone's played through a game that's early access and they've lost the hype for that game at that point? Well, look at No Man's Sky. I mean, it launched and it had nothing they promised because they were, putting too many good ideas into it and couldn't do it in time because it was a small team. Mm -hmm. But the problem is is it got so many bad reviews and it was just trash talked so much that once they started releasing these major updates, I mean, it brought people back. But there's still that vocal community that just has this hate for them for even releasing it like that. Yeah, they feel burned. So, I mean... There is that side of like early access where you never know what you're going to get. I mean, the redemption arc in No Man's Sky is crazy yeah. with how it's evolved. And now it's basically the game that they wanted, which is awesome. But that's also like, I think, what, four years later? So, I yeah. mean, people, in the end, it's going to be the same kind of game. It's not like they're going to change it. And if you're not into, like, say, space, space exploration like that, it's just not going to be your game. Right no matter what they add to it. So, I mean, basically it comes down to if you're interested in the game, then, I mean, it's worth a shot. Yeah. And actually, speaking on that too, uh, No Man's Sky is actually on Game Pass. So if you feel like you were burned by it in the past and you're just kind of curious about it, see where it's at now, it's available on Game Pass just to try out, see where it's at. Maybe it's actually living up to the expectations that we had way long ago. (laughs) Speaking of Game Pass, can Xbox sponsor us? I know, right? Seriously. (laughs) Because I am loving it. It's such a great little idea. I'm all for cloud gaming right now. It's just the way of the future. It's brilliant. Fucking brilliant. I'm all for Tifa gaming, but sure. (laughs) 
All right. So what about you? What's your next? So for this next little title, it's another kind of cutesy art art style uh, title. Uh, It really does remind me of Hollow Knight as far as the art art style goes. So I'm going to be talking about Greek and that's G-R-E-A-K and it's uh, Memories of Azure. Now, this game looks phenomenal and I played the demo and it's really, really smooth, really, really fun. Um, As of right now, it actually dropped the demo yesterday, the 20th. Uh, so as Ooh. if you as soon as you guys are listening to this, if you, go check out that demo on Switch because it is really, really fun to play. Uh, so you play as three separate characters and they're all siblings. You play as um, oh, what were their names again? Because I totally forgot. Yeah, you play as Greek, Adara and Raydel, right? So those three characters you can actually play all at the same exact time, which makes it that much more interesting. You have all three characters out on the field at the same time. Now, Greek is smaller, so he can get into little spaces or he's a little faster with his combat style. So I would kind of relate him to a thief. Uh, Adara is the sister of the group and she is a spellcaster. So she has some range to her. And the the actual like firing of the, the her spells is really, really good like she has a really great range and they made it really smooth and easy to control which is nice especially in a 2d platformer sometimes range attacks can feel a little weird and you can actually fire at um, angles as well which is really good um, and then you have Raydel, who is basically your all-around fighter he has a sword and shield he's like the big brother of the group and he just kind of wrecks house now i think what like really drew me to this game initially was the puzzle aspect of it So since you control all three characters, they have a lot of puzzles in which you have to, you know, like hit a switch here, you leave one of your party members, then you go traverse through the world and you find like another switch somewhere else to keep that gate open. There's a lot of stuff like that or like elevator systems where you have to crank it up to bring someone up to the top and then they can lower the elevator for you up um, in that position as well. So a lot of really fun things to kind of figure out with that. All the while you're fighting these little like minions that pop out that it's, I mean, it's super smooth, the combat. It's really, I can't emphasize that enough. And every single person is able to take care of enemies just as well, right? Like it's, you don't have one person that's just like overly overpowered and you want them to be your fighter, where if you get stuck with like the spellcaster, you feel kind of screwed out. Everyone, their combat is really, really good. Um, But I think one of the things that really got me while I was playing this demo was that it really reminds me of Ico, right? So whenever huh. you want all your characters to kind of walk in unison, you actually have to hold down the right trigger button to kind of create this little bubble around you and it makes all the characters walk in unison, right? And it just reminds me of having to hold the, uh, the, her hand while you're walking through and you actually have to hold down the button to hold her hand to make her traverse through the level with you. And it just kind of brings in that like that whole camaraderie and that unison of like, you know, siblings working together to get through this crazy world that they're in. So that was a really, really nice touch that they added into the game. And it just looks gorgeous. It looks really fun to play. Yeah, the the style of it kind of reminds me of like a Ori mm-hmm. or uh, like an Alex Kidd kind of game like that platformer with really nice like. 2d graphics like it's just it it looks beautiful and the mechanic is interesting with the family kind of thing like i feel like for me it might be a little annoying having to hold the hand the whole time but 
Well, you. I if mean, you're, I also haven't played the game, yeah. so I haven't. If you are close enough to people, like if they're not, you know, off the screen or whatever, you, I think you can hold down. Mm-hmm. I think it's left trigger and I think B, and it calls them back to you, oh, which is cool. nice. And here's like the biggest like holy shit moment whenever it comes to these kind of games. If your siblings are close to you and you get into a fight or you're like fighting somebody, guess what? They fight too, and they're AI controlled. You don't have to tell them to fight. Oh, that's so cool. like you have like I was running you through the early level with it when I found this and I found Adara, his sister, is playing as Greek. We haven't found Vridel yet. But like this crazy zombie starts running up and I'm like trying to switch over to Adara real quick. And then I notice she runs forward and just starts blasting the guy. I was like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> and it turns out <laughs> that like, yeah, they'll just straight up fight with you and just make it that much more interesting. And they're actually pretty smart about it. Like they don't go and get themselves killed. Or at least I haven't experienced that yet. I'm sure later on it might get harder. But it for those little minions, it's nice that they can kind of do damage control and like kind of guard you while you're trying to figure out the puzzle. That's really yeah. cool. I think I actually might check out the demo because I honestly never heard of it until you just brought it up. So, yeah, it looks yeah, fun. It's, it's a beautiful little title. And once again, Switch, man, coming home. They got it. Yeah. All right, so what's your next beautiful title? So this game is not on the Switch. I don't know if it will be because it seems like it'd be kind of difficult mm-hmm. on it, but uh, it's called Terra Nil. Yes. And it doesn't have a release date yet, probably because the demo is just like the first area. But imagine SimCity, but instead of building cities, you're rebuilding nature. Yeah. Uh, you're put on a planet that is just a wasteland like there's nothing it's just desert everywhere no water no animals nothing and you're there to place little structures to bring life back so like your first structure is to build like a a wind turbine to create electricity then after that you have to build a building to create like grass for the area or you have to make it the land fertile first, and then you can place a building that'll create grass and all of that. You place a building to make it so the little rivers can get water. And that's kind of like the first stage. It was just bringing the basics mm-hmm. there. Once you have that, your goal is to bring in biomes. So to create a forest, you have to create a fire. So you build like a solar panel that'll hit like a a flammable object Mm -hmm. and it burns the ground which makes the ground like fertile for like forest things i don't know how to really play (laughs) it but it you create the forest and then you can also create meadows uh wetlands and um i really can't place the last one but they base you have to create four different biomes. Isn't it like a flower once, field or something like that? Yes, the flower fields. So once you have those, you also like the one of the last few steps is you can kind of change the like temperature or atmosphere a little bit. So you have a rod that can make things more human cold, or you can have things that make it more hot. And basically, you get recycle points, which is how you buy the buildings. Last stage of your map, you have to build this drone, which basically 
everything you just built, you have to recycle because, you know, you don't want these buildings in nature because that that destroys the whole point mm-hmm. of nature. So you have to create these little drones that break down your buildings while still keeping your nature up. And once you are able to destroy all your buildings, which actually can be kind of difficult, your plane flies and then it goes in the next stage. Um, after this long explanation, I, I really liked it. I'm a huge fan of like SimCity and just city building games in general like this and being able to play where I don't have to worry about a city. Like it's just calm music, nature. Like it's, it was a breath of fresh air. Like it's just so different. And that it was another demo that stood out to me. I was like, wow, this is, no one's really done something like this. Like there's surviving Mars where you're just building life on Mars, but that's different. You know, that's going back to another kind of city building game. This, I mean, it has the potential. The demo only had the first stage. So, I mean, I'm hoping that maybe there's more kind of structures and more different ways to play out the biomes. But as of right now, it's really cool. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's, it's different Mm -hmm. Uh, because it is like a Sim city. I can't really see it being on a console, but I mean, Hey, they brought, um, cities to consoles so i'm pretty sure they can integrate the mouse into like a joystick so it's a fun game i think it's definitely one to watch for whenever it does release yeah i from checking out this game it's totally it's just conservation of the game and i i loved it Uh, the, the big thing that really caught my attention when checking out that title was the fact that it teaches you actual farming techniques and things like that and it establishes the biomes in like a proper order right like you being mm-hmm. able to actually slash and burn areas to make them more fertile and like and that's the only way to bring up certain like biomes like i believe like the like a dense forest or whatever it was like mm-hmm. it, like that's such a smart thing to add into this game to really hit home the idea of conservation and like showing people how to properly do that and like maybe even show people why that was necessary back in the day to do those kind of practices and just how the fact that every level ends with you actually having to pick up and go like take you know it's take out everything you brought in it's just like basic camping like you know like thought process it's such a great idea for a game and i absolutely love it and i think right now in our the way our, our global climate is it's such a perfect time for a game like that to kind of teach those um, methodologies because if you look at like uh the national parks right now it's sad to hear but apparently a lot of the parks are just getting you know vandalized and covered in trash and i get it mm-hmm. people want to go out because of this pandemic and they want to go out and enjoy nature but we have to respect that nature that we're we're going into so like I love this game for it showing that like we can do you can do your part to build nature back up to help conserve it and like, uh, you know, make it flourish, but make sure to take your shit with you. <laughs> right. Like it's just one of those that just really, really hit home whenever I was checking it out. Yeah, I think it's definitely relevant. Yeah. So I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's going to be good. What you got? All right, so I think this might be my last one, but this one, okay, this one just instantly drew my eye because I'm a huge fan of Octopath Traveler, and I really like the fact that games now are doing this style or this art style 
for these more, you know, like pixel sprite games. And I would love to see... 2.5. Yeah, it's such a beautiful, beautiful look to them. And I would love to see more games being remade like that. Like, it would be so cool to have, like, Final Fantasy VI remade in 2.5D and just, it looks great. But um, this is a working title for it because it's currently um, very early in its process, apparently. But it's called Project Triangle Strategy. As of right now. The name's probably going to change later on, but that's currently the working title. Yeah. It doesn't really say much for the game whatsoever, but I can see why they have Triangle Strategy as the working title for it. So there's different houses. Like, think, mm, think Game of Thrones meets Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, that's this game right here. So you're playing as a, um, I guess you can pick between different houses. Uh, that's like kind of the main goal of the game. And depending on the house, you'll get a different story and you're trying to build up your kingdom, right? Um, and I guess as you're going through, there's three different phases while playing. There's the battle phase, which is very much reminiscent of Final Fantasy Tactics. And mm-hmm. for me, like for my own personal experience, Tactics was a game that I really enjoyed when I was younger. And then there's been a lull of multiple years where I just can't get back into Tactics games. But this one, while playing the battling, it felt good. And I know that I believe in the last in our leveling episode, I did mention that I wasn't a huge fan of the characters leveling up based on their actions independently. Uh, but I found it really interesting in this one. So maybe I just hadn't given it enough time yet before that episode, but I'm actually really enjoying it now through this demo. And I think it has to do with the theming of it. The fact that the characters like that you're playing with are only there because you built up that relationship with them or you're able to you made the right choice in dialogue when interacting with them to join your traveling party right and to kind of help fight with you alongside you in your cause so it made more sense that way where everyone is performing their own individual actions and growing on their own while living through this epic tale of rebuilding your kingdom, right? So it just, it made a lot of sense. And then there's a exploration phase in it. Now, Octopath Traveler, when you went to towns, it was cool, like the way you were able to move around. But this one, you can actually fully rotate the map just like you would in like a tactics battle scene. But you can do that during the exploration cycle. And you can find like little loot, little treasures here and there. But you actually use that to build your relationships with your party. And you might actually meet people in different areas to actually recruit to your party as well. And they'll fight alongside with you, which is really cool to think about. Now, one of the things that I read in an interview from the designer of it is they're actually planning on having this game have multiple endings, which is really cool. And they want it to be around the 50 hour mark. So that's kind of like their general goal. So this is going to be a really big game. And if you're actually able to play all three different houses, then I would imagine that each house is going to have its own 50 hours of gameplay, which means potentially, potentially don't hold me to it because it's not 100% released out there, but you might get like 150 hours of gameplay out of this game. So if you're looking for like a big game, one if you love the Game of Thrones series, if you're a really big fan of tactics, this is definitely a game to keep on your radar. And it's supposed to be launching in 2022. So we still have some time to kind of check it out and see where it's going to go. But keep an eye out for it because the title probably is going to change. So it might get lost in the weeds that way. So just 
be conscious of that. <laughs> yeah, I I downed the demo last night and I played through the first battle and a little bit of the exploration and I I really liked yeah. it. It's I I love tactics games. Um and this one it's cool. It it starts you off, I think it's at chapter five or six. So it, it the demo takes place like in the game. It's mm-hmm. not like the beginning of the game. But um Which is nice because it gives so you like actual abilities to play with. Yeah. It gives you abilities and like your your squad that you have, it like they all have names. They're all actually part of the kingdom. It's not like Final Fantasy Tactics where you have a mix of, you know, your the actual cast and then the others are just like random units that you've trained like each character has a personality kind of like fire emblem in that regard mm-hmm. and i love the exploration because something about tactics is i always just wanted to run around the towns because back then those like 3d 2d like yeah 2d sprites on a 3d plane like i love that graphic mm-hmm. style like PlayStation era, Saturn era, when they had that look, like, that's my thing. I love it. But I was bummed I was never able to run around on it. And having that, it sounds dumb, but just having that ability now with this game, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, it makes me actually feel like I'm there. And when I was first playing it, the story was confusing me because I'm like, okay, there's these three kingdoms. Why is this king, you know, starting this but i guess there's a fourth kingdom or something and he's coming in so i was like okay like it kind of like game of thrones there's so many names and kingdoms thrown out there and lords i was like yeah this is a little confusing but once i got into it and i was actually sitting there grasping i'm like this is gonna be a really deep Mm -hmm. game and like you were saying with the choices and that balance system that you have to do it's i think it's gonna be really fun i think they're gonna really pull this game off and i think you know square enix really needs like a really strong title that's new and i mean this could be the start of a great franchise franchise like i hope so because i mean this demo is cool like i i want to play more of it it's i really enjoyed it it actually makes me really want to play a tactics game now so And actually, for all you lore junkies out there, this game does something really interesting that I didn't... I, I don't think I've really seen it in a lot of other games, that whenever someone is talking, so they'll have their normal speech bubble up, but if you want to know who mm-hmm. they are, because you are going to be interacting with so many different people from different oh, houses, yeah. you can actually... Um, I think it's press X to see who they are, mm-hmm. and it gives their name, their house, and their status. So it's like it's a really interesting thing to have in a game that it just makes it feel that much bigger right and uh, meanwhile like the demo you're only playing a little bit of it right so the fact that there's so much already there it's really really cool and actually in the battle sequence uh there's a character there that's not really a part of your party just yet and if you there's a point in which he never really advances in the battle but then some enemies pop up behind you and he happens to be there I ended up running back with my main character and fought some people with him. And uh, we took out one party or one enemy together. And he actually popped up with a little dialogue thing, like says, like, you know, thank you for for your assistance with your blade or whatever. Right. And like, you can tell, like, okay, I did the right thing if I want him in my party. Right. Like it made it feel like you're building that relationship on the battlefield together. And it just made it that much more epic of a fight. 
I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So we're kind of creeping up on time here. We're getting a little long with this one, but I do want to throw out some really quick honorable mentions. We wanted to talk about these games, but they actually just came out. <laughs> so as of recording, they came out yesterday on the 20th, but um, Chris Tales is out right now, which is a fantastic looking game. I played the demo. It was really fun. The past, present, future mechanic is really interesting, and it's a little weird to play with at first because you can see all things at once. Um, but the big thing I took from it was uh, there's actually a side quest in there in which you um, have to pick which house you want to protect from like this rot that's coming in the future. And there's a house that has like a family growing up. And then there's another house that's the apothecary that is basically the doctor for the village. And you can only save one. And I have a feeling that's going to affect things uh, later on in the game, but you don't really see that in the demo. Mm. So that's a really interesting mechanic that they're built into it. Uh, the demo does not do the combat justice, in my opinion, because uh, it gives you no skills to really play with. It does show you off the whole um, changing the timelines thing during mid-battle. Uh, so we are fighting someone that has really high defense and really strong armor. You have a character that can throw water on them, and then if you put the enemy into the future, their armor is then rusted and their defense goes down, which is a really fun mechanic. But it does... I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me because the only thing you could do was just attack. There were no other skills that, that they showed off. So it felt a little stale as far as that goes. But I don't know. Maybe the game's going to be great. And it's actually on Game Pass right now, too. So if you don't, if you have Game Pass and you don't want to shell out the money, then check it out that way. And then the other game that we're both really excited about that just came out is Death Store. That game looks mm -hmm. awesome. Um, it's basically Zelda all through and through. Um, it's a nice little adventure game, isometric view. You play as a crow. That's what, cultivating souls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, do you know more about it? Because I'm a little. No, I haven't really kept that. I just think it looks really yeah. cool. I watched videos yeah. on it, but. It looks really great. Um, from where I can see, the combat looks really smooth. Uh, there's a nice little RPG upgrade system in there where you can, you know, upgrade your abilities and whatnot. But just another fun looking game to check out. Uh, it's out right now, and yeah, we just wanted to make sure that we showcased those ones before uh, today because we wanted to talk about them, but they did come out, and we're trying to showcase some more games that are going to be coming out pretty soon here, so yeah. Yeah, and I got two quick honorable mentions as well. Um, both of these were Kickstarter games, which I was actually backers of, uh, so they're not going to be coming out just yet. I think... Uh, the one, I'll go over this quick because I've talked about it before, but Euden Chronicle, mm -hmm. it comes out, I think, 2023. Oh, wow. There's going to be like a mobile kind of side story to it coming out next year. But it's made by the people that did the Suikoden series on the PlayStation. And it has, ex it, it literally looks just like you're playing. It has the 108 characters to recruit. It has the six-party battle system exactly the same way. And I mean, from the little bit that they've shown, the game looks awesome. I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, another one, and this is one I've been really hyped for, uh, Sea of Stars. Mm -hmm. And it's actually made by the people that did The Messenger, uh, which was kind of this retro-inspired uh, game. I think it, I want to say it's kind of like inspired by like Ninja Gaiden, like the old ones, but... 
this game is a RPG and it actually, I think is a prequel story set in that same universe. And it's the same team that worked on the messenger, but they they wanted to try an RPG. And this game looks amazing. It's, it looks just like Chrono Trigger, just with brighter pixels. Nice. Like the battle system's the same. The look is the same. You're able to swim and jump and all this. And they actually were able to get the the, the person who did the soundtrack for Chrono Trigger in this game. That's awesome. So I think that this game is going to be huge when it comes out. It's People always try to do that classical JRPG style that everyone loves from like the SNES and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the closest we're going to get to that feeling of an RPG from that time. And I'm hyped. I'm really, really excited for it. Nice. Hell yeah. So that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all for listening. Um, and like we say every day or every week, <laughs> uh, you know, check us out on the Discord, uh, hang out with us, chat with us, uh, follow us on all the socials. We're most active on Instagram and you can find all of that in the link tree that we provide below. Uh, but I do want to do a little sign off question for you guys, just kind of something that I've been thinking about. Um, so you know how in Paper Mario you throw confetti out into the air whenever you win and everyone's yeah. made out of paper? Is confetti the blood of your enemies? <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks very much for joining us this week. And yeah, well, uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>